is an illicit radio program. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome. Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger. Hello and welcome to the bazaar. We are in the back in the stock room. I have with me a repeat guest, Martin Adel Smith, and a good friend. I was been on his podcast before, Dave from formerly Educating Brad, but now launching soon No Sequel for You podcast. Today we're going to talk shop on Star Wars, the fate of the universe, what we thought of Rogue One and where the franchise is going from here. Just a disclaimer, there's going to be full spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen the new Rogue One, turn back now, come back a bit later and listen on. So introducing my two guests, Martin and Dave, say hello. Hello. Good morning. Morning. So we're going to go, we're going to go jump straight in. The guys are chomping at the bit. We're going to get in, <laughs> we're going to get into Rogue One. First impressions, I'm going to hand it over to Dave. Oh, now. Uh, off, off mic, Martin made a very, very bold statement. I feel like I, I'm going to be the, the sort of antithesis to that. Um, you know, um, I liked it <laughs> as opposed to loving it. Is that okay for just an initial thought? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no that's, that's, that, I want, that's not I, okay. I mean, as a Star Wars head. Okay, so... Um, sorry, I, go. <laughs> I'm I, I I'm probably a little bit older than both of you guys. So I grew up with Star Wars in my blood. I the, think the it mid- maybe nice eighty two, nice. Midi Chlorians were in your blood, were they? Yeah, maybe <laughs> Midi Chlorians there. And literally a new hope That's prequel talk, vanish it. Um and yeah, my my dad got me up on Christmas Eve to go and see New Hope on terrestrial tv and you know i watched it all loved it all couldn't believe when obi-wan got struck down and i would say that with rogue one i have not felt that same level of excitement since new hope when i was watching rogue one rogue one is easily easily as good as new hope if not better very bold very very bold very bold well i'll give you my two cents i think i'm probably in the middle of the two of you yeah. Dave, I think you're a bit lukewarm. Martin, you're well, on the absolute I, I, I don't know fan. because because uh, you know me and Andy were recording the show last night, and uh, you know I gave some very brief thoughts. By the way, I gave a heavy plug for the show, so uh, you know fingers crossed that was going to get a bit of traction for yourself. Unreal. Um, but <laughs> um, but you know we 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 spoke about it a little bit, and you know it's not it's not that I dislike it. I mean I've seen it twice now, so I mean. As of a yeah, you know, yeah, obviously, I've, I've seen it four times now. <laughs> right, <Okay. laughs> uh, literally, literally one day after the other because I was like, oh. that yeah, yeah, go on, carry on. Sorry, no, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, there, there, there's a lot to like about it. Uh, m- my main issue, I think, is it's it's the um, the forces, if you will, around the film. You know, the reshoots, the fact that the trailer has things in it that didn't make the final film yes. and those are my main problems i mean i thought it was going to be just a straight a heist film that was that's what i was all in for i mean i'll be honest with you I, I think where i land on it it's probably the same level if probably a little bit better than the force awakens which yeah. i also liked but the more i think about force awakens i think it's basically a retread of a new hope um yeah i i this... i fully 
into exactly the same camp, Dave. I, yeah. I watched Force Awakens and I started off loving it. And I was like, this is yeah. an eight out of 10 movie. And yeah. then I watched it again and I started to think about it and the score started to fall and it started to fall. And at the moment, The Force Awakens is a five out of 10 movie for me. Not right. that it's a bad movie, but there yeah. is nothing new in that movie yeah. at all. From yeah. my Oh, well, <laughs> new hope. Back. You just lagged out there a bit. <laughs> Sorry, have we got Daft Punk on the show as well, or? Yeah, yeah, they're in the background there. They're doing the audio. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Do you, do you want me to go again? Oh, we just last. Why you think it's a five, but it's not a bad movie? Okay. Um. So, because it, it's it's a five because it does nothing new. It is New Hope, Empire, and Jedi squashed into one movie. There was there was no surprises. There were there was no shocks. Um, there was nothing majorly wrong with it, but it was a safe bet. Yeah, and I think Rogue One is not a safe bet for lots of reasons. It was a daring movie. <coughs> um, I'll be honest with you. I I didn't. I I saw the the first trailer. To Rogue One, but I didn't then go and watch the rest of them. Yeah. I didn't keep up with the news because I'll be honest with you, there was some dipstick on Facebook who posted spoilers to Force Awakens, and so I knew what the major. You know, was. you know, you can hide those people on your timeline. You know that. <laughs> I really because I, I I I just don't shoot them. Um, just, uh, because, block yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, them. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The the dude thought he was being funny. That's not funny. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, you know, I, I went into Rogue One looking for a Star Wars movie. And if you think what Star Wars movies are, they're space operas. And I thought it did space operas really, really well. I thought sort of, you know, the final act with the space battle and the ground battle, I was on the edge of my seat. And the reason that I went and saw it four times is that the last movie that I cried at was Forrest Gump somewhere back in the 90s. And honestly, the last 20 minutes of this movie, every single time that I saw it, I'm not ashamed to admit it, I was blubbing like a baby. From from the, the, the moment that K2SO goes down, and I yeah. couldn't believe that he went down. I was like, oh God, oh God, they're, they're not going to make it. Um, and you know, um, same again, you know, when, 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 when Chirrut went down, even, even talking about now when, 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 when Chirrut goes down and I've I've got goosebumps even talking about that now, when he goes down, I was like, oh Jesus, oh God, no. And I I was on the edge of my seat because I was that invested in the characters and that's what this movie did. I wanted them to succeed. And I think it was very good the way it tied in with New Hope. But, you know, I, I was rooting for these guys. With The Force Awakens, I was just kind of, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, will I throw in my two cents on that little statement there? <laughs> so, um, yeah, when I went to see Rogue One, I completely zoned out because I'm pretty much after watching the first trailer now for anything, I'm not watching anymore because after the likes of Batman yeah. versus Superman, after the teaser and trailer one, you're in for serious spoilers. So I was just opting out at that stage. I yeah. wasn't expecting a heist movie like you were, Dave. I was, I knew it was something I had to do with the Death Star plans. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was kind of holding back. And then I watched it and I said, Jesus. Like, as you were saying, Martin, Star Wars is kind of space opera. But this yeah. was 
I suppose like it was the next evolution in sci-fi where it, it's more it, gritty uh, but it was I, still grounded in the Star Wars universe and I thought that was fantastic I, I, I absolutely agree with you about the evolution of sci-fi. I, I think there's something else here. We saw the evolution of storytelling and we saw the evolution of Disney as a production company. Because let's not forget, this is a Disney movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, this, yeah. okay. And, you know, and major, major spoiler alert for everyone listening now. We've already given is, the disclaimer. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> everyone listening is watching this. This is. This, this this is and I, I think sort of you know as a culture we're willing to let this sink in this is i think the first disney movie where the princess dies yeah just think about yeah, that yeah. for a second you know yeah, a, a disney movie where the princess dies you yeah. imagine trying to do that in beauty and the beast or the lion king or snow white or you know yeah. It would, you know, it would rip the guts out of it. And I think, you know, th- this movie does rip the guts out of you at the end, but it is in such a beautiful and poignant way. Martin, Martin, is, yes. is, um, is the princess in this case Cassian, though? Because, <laughs> you know, our our protagonist is, is you know, he's not, a, he's not a classic princess. You know, if we're going down that route, you know, uh, she's... Uh, you know, like a, and and this comes back to what I was saying about the, the heist movie uh, scenario, where almost it's almost like a an escape from New York type vibe with you know do this for us and we'll clear your name. She's almost like a a snake plissken light, if you you know if you will. I, it's 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 funny because I mean I I I never got that. I I I saw the first trailer, and I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit disappointed because. I thought it was framing it in a Hunger Games narrative. I felt that sort of the way in the first trailer that Jin Erso was portrayed very much in sort of a Katniss narrative. And I've got to say, you know, I am not a fan of the Hunger Games. And, you know, you know I, I'm a nearly 40-year-old you know, male. Uh, so the Hunger Games is clearly not, really. not the right, you know, not aimed not at my cultural radar. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I watched the first one and I tolerated it. I was like, oh, man, this is like the Hunger Games. And I think, sort of, you know, when I saw it, yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you've got that sort of, you know, almost sort of Joseph Campbell narrative of, you know, the call to adventure. First of all, she says no, then she says yes. But you've got all those ideas of mythology and fable going on with so many of the uh, the, the characters. We spoke about Cassian. If, if anything, if anything, I I thought that he was perhaps one of the weaker characters. Um, for me, I was heavily he was invested. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was heavily invested with the likes of Jin. I was very interested in uh, Chirrut's story. Yeah. I was very interested in Bodhi and Baze. If I'm honest with you, I wasn't too sure how I felt about Forrest Whitaker as saw uh, Guerrera. And I'm still not sure about that. I think maybe I think maybe I have to go back and watch, you know, some of the Clone Wars series, um, well, yeah, that that yeah. they made. Yeah, no, yeah. like that kind of felt to me as if like it was a cameo because he wanted to be in the film, sort of thing. It did, yeah, like it felt like it didn't really actually have a place. 
like in the movie um, it was, it was a bit I, kind I, of fudged I, I, in sideways just to tie it into is it rebels and clone wars season i think it's rebels yeah yeah which yeah, i haven't I, actually watched I, myself no i i wouldn't go that far i think the character of saw Gerrera was there for a reason and I think, so, you know, in, you know in, in the opening sort of 20 minutes, half hour, we actually had some very heavy political commentary because we, we had this idea of freedom fighters and terrorists. Extremists, yeah. It's exactly, you know, you know, yeah. And, and, and sort of working together. And that really sort of, to me, harked back to sort of, you know, perhaps sort of season two, season three of Battlestar Galactica um, that was on sort of in the early 2000s, which in turn was a commentary on what was going on in Iraq uh, at the time. The problem that I had with Rogue One was that it was making these very astute political observations and then it just stopped. And then it became an adventure movie once once they they left sort of the Saw Gerrera part. And I perhaps would have liked to have seen either a continuation of that theme, or just edit out that just 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 go for a straight Temple of Doom style action movie, which I think you know seventy five percent of this movie yeah. is. But it's got this sort of start of <clears throat> commentary at the beginning. That ultimately doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right, yeah. Martin. Um, <clears throat> sorry, if I can just come in here. Yeah. Um, your, your point about it, you know, the sort of the political elements and the you know the sort of factions within the the Rebel Alliance, that that stuff I liked, and I think this is where it comes in. Like this, my issue that there's there is a great movie in here somewhere, and I feel like Gareth Edwards maybe should have been trusted to make the film that he wanted to make because it does feel more. Star Warsy towards the end, you know. We, we, I mean, it's great and everything, but it doesn't really yeah. match up with the beginning. No, no I tell you know, even happened. down to the uh, even down to the sort of you know labeling the planets. They seem to stop that halfway through, and then oh yeah, we, we were doing that at the beginning. Let's pick you back up at the end. Well, well, I mean, this this is the thing, and I, I and I think you're absolutely right. And I'll be honest with you, I'm where I feel about this that unlike every other Star Wars movie that we've seen, Rogue One does not begin with the rolling script. Yeah. You know, it Massive does... plus point, by the way. That's, that's, that then becomes a question of, sort of, you know, this is within the Star Wars franchise, and within that franchise, we have come to expect certain things. You yeah. know, me, one of the weak areas, and it is a very small weak area, was the music. I thought the music was uh, lacking. Yeah, it didn't really feel as a character. It felt Marvel movie esque, didn't it? Yeah, it did absolutely. But it was only when I went and looked at the reasons for that is because John Williams was, I think, poorly, and the guy took it on with like four weeks' notice. So they get a pass. um, It's uh, what's it? The guy who does the music for most J.J. Abrams films is it Michael? um, Yeah, Giorino, Giorino, something like that. Um, Um, Yeah, feel free to fact check. Yeah, we'll we'll fact check, but um. The, yeah, but yeah, they they do get a pass on that because you know the, the guy took it on to no notice. But in terms of Star Wars, when we talk about a Star Wars score, we automatically say John Williams. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And and yeah, you know, when, when we look at the music and we look at the lack of rolling script and we look at the labeling of the planets. Well, will I tell you why the, that yeah, happened? Will I tell you why that happened? I felt the start 
what you're all saying about the start and it was doing X, Y, and Z, it was a pacing issue because they had to introduce six, seven characters and yeah. then have yeah. a full story. So they had to label the yeah, planets to say like, right, this is what's happening here. This is why we're here. Instead of having another five minute establishing shot, having like a reveal of a rebel headquarters instead of like, all right, this is rebel headquarters. This is a refinery. This is why we're here. Like it really had to shove the story on like really quickly yeah, I'll, to I'll, turn I'll, into I mean, the heist absolutely. movie at the end. That's I like, mean, that's that, the issue at the start. And they that, had the little political, you know, commentary as well. I like the way for the first time they brought in the dirty side of being a rebel. You know, they're like, you know, these are assassins. These are saboteurs. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is, it's not like swashbuckling where the good yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, Cassian at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was like, yes, this is where it needs to go. But on the flip side, then when you see Clone Wars and Rebels, which are also canon in comparison being so farcical is like how do they exist in the same universe those those yeah. those though that's a, a different graphic uh demographic <laughs> but it's canon though you have to no. take it as canon it is now considered canon so you know when someone's getting uh, yeah I, I mean certainly your early points i agree with you know sort of the the necessity to label uh, rather than having a five minute Absolutely. I mean, let's not forget, you know, for a Disney movie, this is 133 minutes. This is a, you know, two and a quarter hour long Disney movie. The, you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels and what have you, they're what, 15 minutes, half an hour long episodes, something Yeah, but they like extend that. into a massive story. Like, you know, that would be yeah, like a six, seven oh, hour oh, movie if you want to yeah, yeah, call it that. Yeah, but, but you know, with a six or seven hour movie, you get to do your five minute establishing shot. When you're looking at a you know two and a quarter hour movie, then yeah, you've got to be moving things on very quickly. And I I think it's sort of interesting that the way that they've uh, you know almost labelled this movie that you know it's Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and so I think that gives them the get out for the not kind of, doing yeah, the poetic license. Doing, Exactly, for yeah. not doing the, the rolling script and for labelling it and what have you. Of course. Yeah, no, the, they thing is, the thing is, in the movie, sorry, yeah. sorry to cut you off there, Nate, um, the, the title sequence, which, you know, again, felt like a, a Marvel movie, just, oh, yeah, well, let's stick the title in there, doesn't say Star Wars on it. And, you know, I, I just think that that's a, a Star Wars story. It's a marketing sort of add-on. You know, they're going to do it with the, the Han Solo film and, any of the other films, but the, the potential Boba Fett one, and I hear lately there might be an Obi Wan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ewan McGregor's yeah. like, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's waiting to see how Train Spotting does. You know, and then, <laughs> you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But the, the 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 Rogue One bit, you know, I mean, the things that I like about this film are the aesthetic. You know, we've spoke a little bit about the the grittiness and stuff like, that. and that's what Star Wars is. You know, Star Trek's the kind of the cleaner version. Uh, the cleaner future, uh, but Star Wars. I mean, I know it says it's set a long time ago, but it's it is dirty, and I think that was the problem with the, the plague, the prequels. It was too sheeny, uh, sort of. Cl- yeah, sh- yeah, sheeny, good word. But it's like, you know, I love the the, the sort of the seventies aesthetic of like the prison bars. You know, the sort of slightly rounded, and you know, some of the the nods. You know, the droids and the, the weapons and stuff like that. I yeah. I I'm going to disagree with that. So we, we 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 touched on the prequels here, but we also touched on the Han Solo, Boba Fett, Obi Wan stories that are in the works at the moment. 
here's the thing. I'm going to be very unpopular and say that I really enjoyed the prequels. I did. And that is a genuine, and I think they've been much maligned and they've got a lot of hate that they didn't deserve almost because it was cool to hate them. The problem with the prequels is the same problem that is going to happen with the Han Solo story, Boba Fett and the Obi-Wan story. And this is it. The original trilogy are great storytelling. However, when you deal with any prequel for your first movies to make sense, you have to ad adhere to certain laws. So when we look at the original Star Wars trilogy, we see that the Empire has risen, Anakin has become Vader, and he has become father to Luke and Leia. And that is sort of, you know, integral part of the original trilogy. When we then look at the prequel trilogy, those laws must hold true. Otherwise, they undo the entire original trilogy and there will probably have been riots in the street or something. So when you're watching the prequel trilogy, you know that Anakin is going to fall to the dark side and that he is going to become Vader, the Empire is going to rise, and that Padme is going to have Luke and Leia. That, just knowing that is it going to happen, takes a massive amount of dramatic tension out of those movies because when i was watching rogue one i was thinking oh god is she gonna make it is she gonna make it when i'm watching the prequel trilogy i'm not thinking is anakin gonna make it because i know that he is gonna make it because that then means that the original trilogy makes sense and it's exactly yeah. the same with the boba fett movie we know that it doesn't matter what dangers boba fett faces in that movie he is going to survive because that's how then how he gets to Jedi. We know exactly the same with the Han Solo movie. It doesn't matter what dangers uh, he faces. He is going to win the Millennium Falcon, become friends with Chewie, and arrive in New Hope. And exactly the same is going to be true for the Obi-Wan movie. We know that he must survive. And that takes dramatic tension out. I'm not going to sit here and say that the... Sorry. Yes? Sorry, I'm just going to come in there. But if, you, if, you're, if you're saying that, then surely you know because you know, in Star Wars or you know, A New Hope, you know that they have the plans for the Death Star. So, does that principle not apply with Rogue One? I uh, no, it doesn't. And the reason for that is that, as far as I can tell, the link between Star Wars, uh, between New Hope and and Rogue One, is almost one line, and it says it's like the same afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah last, it, it's, it's five it's, minutes apart, nearly. It, it, it's the, the the line that links the two movies is a lot of people died to get these plans. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So you 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 know that a lot of people are going to die to get these plans. And as you're watching Rogue One, yeah, you're actually seeing again for a Star Wars movie and for a Disney movie quite a high body count as it's going through. You know, you are seeing the equivalent of multiple cities being nuked and. Star, but you know we are seeing a very high sort of you know kill count you know well into the millions and so yes we are seeing a lot of people die to get these plans and then we get to that final act and that kill count starts to go through the roof i mean i wouldn't even want to yeah. think what what, what 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 the ending totally was but we're invested in gin we're invested in cassian um you know i've spoken about chirrut chirrut and k2 are my favorite supporting characters in that movie yeah. and yeah you know, I, I you know I, I was like you come on guys come on you you could do really this. like Donnie and yeah. To, yeah yeah and they start to go down uh, but there's 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 no direct reveal in new hope that says 
Jin didn't make it, that K2 didn't make it. And so I'm still thinking, come on, come on, you know, you can do this, you can clear yeah. your name and then just go to another planet and just sit out the rest of the war. Just chill out for the rest of the saga, yeah. And exactly. <laughs> and so because New Hope doesn't explicitly reveal Jin's fate or the fate of the rest of them, there's still that moment of anticipation and buying in and that dramatic tension, you know, particularly that closing shot as the wave is coming in. I was like, come on, somebody get a Y-wing in there. Anybody. Yeah. Oh God, no. <laughs> and you know, you know, um, you know I, I was like, yeah, come on, you, you've got to pull them out. You give them there, you know, and obviously they don't. And, yeah. you know, but because, because it's not referenced in New Hope, explicitly other than a lot of people died i had the suspension of disbelief and the dramatic tension and yeah i was a sobbing wreck for the last 20 minutes of that movie every single one of the four times that i saw it well we'll just come in there with your like the story kind of comment like they really played it safe with that because it wasn't standalone in the slightest there was maybe an extra five minute scene where they were going to chase the ship so that's, it was actually a yeah. direct prequel, yeah, so it wasn't standalone. But then yeah. I think the appetite, I don't even know, is there an appetite? Well, obviously we're all going to see them, but the next hand Solo and the Boba Fett, I think that's satiating people to see, oh, I want to see the Kessel Run. I want to see the early bounty hunting days. I want to I see, see the, the Botham movie about how they get the information for Endor. You know, that'd yeah, be a similar so, to Robot. Like, it's basically, those movies are just going to fill in your imagination what you've been fantasizing for the last 40 years of what these characters have been up to which i think is risky because when rogue one was coming out i was like oh my god like we don't need a movie on how they stole the death star plans it just happened but then i loved the movie and it was different to maybe what i thought and it's going to be the same with i will be very disappointed if they show so if they show the kessel run like that will just ruin the like mystique of the whole thing because they mentioned it's it in good force point. awakens as well yeah. you're like oh i yeah. heard that did the kessel run in 12 parasects and he was like it was fucking 11 you fucking stupid bitch <laughs> <laughs> like he was like defending that <laughs> to the grave i would an instant five-star movie if he'd actually said that <laughs> <laughs> so like i'm just saying they like i no doubt they'll be entertaining after watching rogue one i think it's in safe hands, the franchise, but I think it will ruin a lot of people's imagination. And just continuing on that, that is what the prequels suffered from. Everyone was wondering what happened in the Clone Wars. How did Anakin become yeah. Darth Vader? And then it was just a, a letdown. It was a slapstick yeah. comedy of sorts. It was totally, <laughs> totally, completely different. Aesthetically, it completely took, different. It yeah. wasn't Star Wars. Well, like that's what I would have yeah. grown up on because I'm younger than you again. Yeah. I had seen the prequels before I watched the originals. Yeah. And I, I, I would agree with before you. Before you go, Martin. Go on. Sorry, sorry, because yeah. I know yeah. you've got some good points to make about this, but the, the, Rogue One, certainly the, the, the Darth Vader elements, it felt like, you know, those are the parts where I thought, God, this is the movie that maybe episode three should have been. You know, yeah, like, yeah. it took, what, the better part, seven, how, seven hours to tell you the story about how Anakin became Darth Vader when you could have had that all wrapped up by the end of episode two and then just a whole film of Darth Vader being a bastard 
That would have been great. I would have paid to see that. Yes, yes, you're you're right. Everything you say, but you know, let's not forget. Anakin exterminated every single child in the Jedi Temple. How much more of a bastard do you want him to be? He's like true, Freddy Krueger. He rapes kids. But he did, but but he did kind Freddy of do it within Kruger. the space of 10 minutes. Of You know, he went from, oh, what have I done? You know, in that great delivery that he has. You know, the sort of, uh, the, you know, the, the, the California Amateur Dramatic Society, you know, player of the year, Hayden Christensen. <laughs> but he uh, by the way he's actually good in one film and it's called Shattered Glass um, I've not seen that did uh, he play a cadaver or something uh, <laughs> he, he, he plays he, he plays a, uh, a journalist who fakes news stories and then you know it's a story it's, it's based on a true story but it came out in between episode two and three okay. because everyone thought for about five minutes oh he's actually quite a good actor yeah. And maybe it's just George Lucas's, uh, you know, you can type this shit dialogue. Yeah. But, like, you know, he's... The thing I love about Vader in, in this movie, and we haven't really spoke about him yet, but is I do... You know, that some people groaned about, you know, the, the line, the one-liner he has. Um, I loved it. About, you know... Yeah, I did as well, because Vader... Yeah, he's never He's never walked away from a pun. He loves a one-liner. And the thing is, is it kind of... Anakin didn't have that. Which was a shame yeah. because, our, you know, yeah, he didn't uh, have you know, the wish maybe, that Vader has. You, yeah, you would have loved to have had one scene where Anakin yeah. stabs someone and says, "Oh, yeah, he got the point," sort of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, like a Roger Moore, James Bond type thing, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I mean, I, I love the Vader stuff, um, and yeah, we've said the last few minutes at the end. I mean, I could argue that it's perhaps not necessary, but it looked cool. I loved. Uh, everyone wanted Vader to see going Vader going berserk like, as well. Power, yeah. yeah. I, t- I, t- yeah. I tell you what was interesting is that. Honestly, I liked seeing the character of Vader in Rogue One. I'm not entirely sure how necessary it was because you know that the Vader and the Emperor are out there. But particularly yeah. on that last scene with the red lightsaber and, you know, getting stuck into the Rebels. That was amazing. I, 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 I thought that was a very interesting scene and it's actually one of the scenes that's given me most thought because having watched force awakens i do wonder if that is almost a bridging scene between sort of you know the prequel trilogy and the force awakens and i mean that because we we see vader being the consummate sith he is the master of hate but he's in control all of his hate and he uses that to literally just cut through every single one of those soldiers you know they haven't got a chance there's you know there is force chokes there's force push there's everything going on bar force and he chops someone in half as well which again as as a point of storytelling for a disney movie has to be like whoa okay this is this is not a pg movie but then if we take that scene everything that's embodied in that scene and we jump through to the force awakens we have kylo ren with his red lightsaber being told that they've missed the people and whatever going batshit crazy and not being able to control the dark (laughs) side of the force and we've almost got that yin and yang scene of you know here is you know kylo ren's you know, all right, grandfather 
and icon pulling off the stuff that Kylo aspires to, but Kylo doesn't even get close to that because yeah. he can't control it and, and he has this emo kind of rage out. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I quite like Kylo's lightsaber. No, he can chop off imagine, his wrist in two imagine, seconds uh, with the laser hilt. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> laser hilt. Great band name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't imagine Kylo Ren, you know, casually dispatching one of his... Uh, you know, subordinates, you know, just with a, with a, you know, with a nice little apology accepted, you know, sort yeah. of thing, you know, he'd go berserk, wouldn't he? And sort of smash it. But maybe, yeah. you know, eight and nine are about his journey to being a, you know, a great Sith Lord, you know. Will he have to, redemption though, what do you reckon? I, 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 I don't know, I mean. I, 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 I tell you what I man, want. Like. I, I tell you what I want episode eight and nine to be. And I know that for various reasons, this will not happen, but I still think it would make a good story that episode eight is Luke go, goes after Kylo and kills Kylo to stop the spread of the Sith and what have you. And episode nine is Leia falling to the dark side and going after Luke because he She's killed dead, her bro. son. She's dead. <laughs> I know. You saw what they could do with CGI. I know it's not <laughs> going to happen, but but seriously, that that would be a you know the the revenge story between Luke and Leia. That would be a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that um, you know what what, what make quite good stories, and um, because I think that time is relaxing their opinion towards the sequ- uh, the prequels. You know, people are kind of maybe yeah. chilling out about it, and you know there are a, a couple of nods to the Phantom Menace in in Rogue One and, you know, bits and um, other bits and pieces. Uh, so I just wonder if, you know, you know the story that's told in episode three about Darth Plagueis and his ability to Regenerate, come back from yeah. death. And so, yeah. I wonder if that's good. I wonder if that's got a part to play, you know, perhaps. I hope um, it does. I hope they link is it, them. Is it, yeah. Is it Snoke in? Snoke, um, yeah. 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 I, so could he be Plagueis? I, just speculate. I, I, I tell you what. I want to go with no, he's not. And this almost ties in to uh, one of the, I don't know, criticisms and strengths of the, the prequel trilogy. That, you know, when when sort of, you know, the 80s convention circuit was going and at its height, George Lucas said that, you know, that, that the Star Wars movies are the story of the Skywalker family. That's That's right. what they are. Yeah. Now... I think we, 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 we then had the prequel trilogy. And, you know, like I said before, I'm a big fan of the prequel trilogy. I enjoy them. But they are not Skywalker movies. The Skywalkers are in them, but they are not ostensibly movies about the Skywalker lineage. What they're really stories about, about is trade, how a... Uh... <laughs> They're a story of how a society will sacrifice its freedoms for the sake of security. That's what they're about. And you're thinking that, you know, these these movies came out sort of end of the 90s and then after 9-11 and everything that was happening then. Again, there's a lot of political commentary there. But really, the prequel trilogy is a story about one boy, how one boy stumbles into the UN. That's basically what happens. And then the UN falls and, 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 and becomes you know, Nazi Germany. That's what it's about. And so if you're wanting to see a movie about the Skywalkers, then yes, you're going to be disappointed in the prequel trilogy. If you're interested in the larger Star Wars universe and the plot and politics of what went on, then yeah, this, they're going to be absolutely fine for you. But what we really saw was Senator Palpatine 
being as a Sith Lord being the master of subversion and manipulation and I wonder if the uh, story about Darth Plagueis is BS I, I, I wonder you know if he just pulled this yeah. at out of his ass to manipulate Anakin to you know, <laughs> exterminating the Jedi and et cetera, et cetera, and everything that, that happened out of there. And it may be interesting to see if that ever comes back in the, in the episodes eight and nine. But, you know, Palpatine was the master of manipulation. He would say anything and do anything to get you to bend to his will. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah. who was his master? Because every Sith, had, there's a master and apprentice that's like in the lore. So, who well, was if, if Plagueis wasn't his master? Who was? Or do we never well, know? Well, the the law is almost flexible around this point, depending on the time point that you choose to pick. So, you've almost got modern Sith, let's call them. And I know that this is in a galaxy far, far away, but let's call the Skywalkers and Palpatine humans, because okay. ostensibly that's what they are. The Sith were actually a separate race entirely. And I think it sort of dates back maybe sort of two or three thousand years in before sort of the uh, prequel movies that there were the Sith and you know when they eventually imploded they left behind all this sort of religion and sort of scripture and writing and what have you as did sort of you know their light side equivalents and then sort of you know the current galactic civilization rose and these scriptures were discovered and religious war etc etc you know it's basically you know catholics and protestants and sunnis and shias and whatever else you want to throw in there but the original sith you know they they were a clan there was no sort of there is one sith lord and there is one sith sith apprentice that only came in when the humans got hold of the law quite how that will play out is anyone's guess but it may be interesting you know because Officially, the Sith exterminated themselves with a bit of help from the uh, 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 Jedi. But, you know, what would happen in episodes eight and nine, or maybe even another branch movie like Rogue One, where we saw, I don't know, an original Sith in deep cryostasis who has survived the last 5,000 years and wakes up to say, you've done what to my religion? <laughs> you fucking you know, what, mate? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's, yeah, the, 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 there's all those sorts of things. Star Wars apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And if anything, I would be more interested in seeing that movie than I would be, you know, seeing a Han Solo or Boba Fett movie. Because with a a Sith Lord movie, you're going to watch that movie going, what's going to happen? Is he going to rise to power again? Uh, Is he going to be slayed? What's going to happen? Watching a Han Solo movie, like I said, you know that he's got to get the uh, Millennium Falcon, meet Chewbacca and do do the castle run in 11 parsecs do you know what i prefer <laughs> if they did Go for it. if you know the way they call it star wars stories so they're not exactly <clears throat> following like we'd say canon like this is exactly what happened so it's actually like oh he never met chewie or he didn't get the millennium falcon or he died you know it was like a, a different kind of story not to that extreme but we'll say they're different on the way it's not actually the whole truth kind of thing expanded parallel universe type thing or yeah, just, that is or a just, story yeah. that is a story I, from the past kind I, of thing that's a good one Richard actually because it, they are kind of 
they're, they're, they're told as myths and legends, aren't they? You know, the opening bar is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So who's Absolutely, who's yeah. telling this story? Exactly. Uh, who's who's recounting yeah. that story? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's not forget, you know, that the X-Men have had a pretty successful reboot with alternate timeline, alternate universe movies based on sort of the Crisis Wars comics that were sort of out in the 80s and the 90s. So that's entirely possible. Oh, man. Actually, I just came up with a point. I have to interject before I forget. Imagine (laughs) if the Han Solo movie, right? It follows a guy... Han Solo, but then at towards the end, Han Solo dies, and this like rogue kind of mischievous guy comes in and assumes the role of Han Solo, yeah. but it's not actually Han oh, Solo. That yeah, would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good, good one. Good one. I'd say that happened. Do you know what, Richard? Just as you did that, I had another thought. What if Han Solo? You know, you say you'd, you'd be gutted if they made a story about how he made the Kessel running less than 11, uh, twelve parsecs. Yeah, yeah. But what if he did it, and that led to the invention of the sport of pod racing? Oh shit! <laughs> no, no, no. Wrong, wrong time frame. Wrong time frame. Could could, could not be. Could I definitely. suppose he would be? I mean, how old would he have been during the events of? Well, he's probably thirty when he's so. It's like another fifteen years. He would have been like fifteen, sixteen. Because I imagine, no, I mean, uh, so so in Star Wars, I mean, Harrison Ford was, was sort of in his early 30s, wasn't he, when yeah. the first yeah. one came out. So it's not impossible to imagine that they they do a Han Solo film. I mean, the kid who's playing him now, what is he? Sorry, 20, 20 years, because Luke is 19. So it's, yeah. right. it finishes, so it's 19 years. Yeah. So, 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 so I mean, Han, Han there... Solo would have had to have been somewhere between 10 and 15 during right. The Phantom Menace. And pod racing had existed for many, right. many No, he years wouldn't have been born because Anakin was like five or nine or something. And yeah. then he became Darth Vader but, yeah. when he was like 20 or something, we'll say. Do you think that that yeah. Han Solo film will contain any prequel nods? I hope it know? does. I hope they don't try and forget the prequels altogether. I hope they try and tie them in to some extent with some lore or like Darth Maul comes back or see i've 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 seen a trailer for i think it's star wars rebels with darth maul coming back and i'll be honest with you i am just absolutely outraged at that the dude's dead Do yeah you know what I mean? no it's, he's only chopped yeah, in half no. he didn't die the wound was cauterized because <laughs> it's a lightsaber yeah but that's like saying that the rebel soldier in rogue one got chopped in half you didn't see him die he got chopped in half but you didn't see him die ah, who knows dead. he could come back Jimmy. Yeah. could be the knights of ren no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, I've got to say, Darth Maul, what, what a waste. I mean, oh, cool villain. And, you know, he should have been around for most of, if not all of the prequels. I, I mean, I know I know his death has to set in motion the chain of events that go on. But, I mean, you know, they could have kept him on for a bit longer. Well, he has some, like, unused dialogue, which is just in the trailer as well, which is, like, really badass. Oh, yeah. And they never use it in the film. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. Costume design, everything, dual lightsaber, taking on two Jedi, doing quite well. And it's like, oh yeah. man, waste. I, I hear what you're saying, but let's not overlook Christopher Lee as Darth Sidious. Unreal. Awesome. Oh, very true, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, Count awesome. Dooku. Yeah. Count Dooku. Heavy metal god Christopher Lee, by the way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've, I've got his two albums somewhere. 
I'm just looking at my shelves now. I can't see them. Uh, so is it something like Songs of Charlemagne or something? There's, there's one, and I think there's a Heavy Metal Christmas as well. Yeah, um, that's it. He did that like uh, into his 80s, though, the Heavy Metal Christmas, didn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the guy was a real polymath. You know, he, he was into absolutely anything. Whatever he did, yeah. he did really well. He was a Nazi hunter. Really he was well. related to Charlemagne. He did loads of he things. He was related to Tolkien, wasn't he, as well? Possibly. Or have I just was he? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's you. We, we've you know this this will will now go out on the internet, so it must be true. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a yeah. Earth Star Wars story, so you can take it as canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? Uh, one thing we haven't spoken about with Rogue One is uh, the the CGI cameos. I mean, Unreal. what did you what, what did everybody make of both? I thought they were fantastic. I thought they were really well done. All the haters online, I'm like, fuck off. Some people didn't even realize yeah. that he was like a dead actor. Yeah, I was about to say, I I thought Grand Moff Tarkin was done really, really well. If I'm brutally honest, I was not 100% sure about Leia. No, that but, but I she was not bad enough to detract from, from yeah. the movie for me. It I'm was told the teeth that, um... and the cheeks looked weird. With her. It was the yeah. eyes. The yeah. eyes didn't, didn't seem to be blinking. Yeah, they don't. They haven't quite grasped that yet, have they? Yeah. You know, with the eyes. Um, it's the uncanny I'm valley. Told, like just yeah, I mean, I'm told that uh, it's easier to to animate and CGI older people than it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, my only seen... issue. I mean, the CG was amazing, but my only issue was it kind of detracted from Ben Mendelsohn's character. You know, I felt that he he was great. I mean, I, you know, when he first. Sort of came on board. I thought, oh, are they are they recast Moff Tarkin, and it would be a great casting call if it was, because mm. you know Mendelssohn's a great actor. Yeah. Um, and he and he looked every inch the oh, Star Wars did. villain. You, you know, he was. Yeah. Every, you know, uh, he was like almost like a classic Star Wars villain. But the yeah. trouble is, is when Moff Tarkin was there, he's almost like a like a number three, isn't he? And I thought yeah, that was yeah. just detracted. But I did like he, the way you know the way he sort of weaseled up to Vader. And it's like, no, 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 this is my idea. I want the credit and oh, like, all that, that sort of thing. It's like, don't yeah. choke on your aspirations. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what a zinger. I'm going to go again just to hear that. <laughs> so good. Abs- absolute zinger. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. In fact, I imagine he went, he went back in his back to tank and he went, zinger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he had an arm to jerk himself off after that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you lowered the tone on your show as well. Ah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we've done an episode yet where we haven't made some sort of wanking joke. So. <laughs> Get him in. Big purple made cock jokes. That's what you want. You know, his costume didn't actually have the uh, chain for the cape, though. That really fucking pissed me off. Mm. Really? Yeah. Did you, did you notice the Did you notice the gap on his helmet as well? It kind of looked like a. It looked like, like one of those aprons, outfit. like a, a baby fucking dribble <laughs> mash or something. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. That must have yeah. been his yeah. uh, dressing gown though, because he was just out of the bath. You know, yeah. In all fairness, he was getting changed. He did seem to get changed quite quickly. He turned it around from being, <laughs> so you know, naked mind, in his tank to robes, uh... please. <laughs> just. <laughs> You know, it's just when he slips into something more comfortable, he, he comes out in his full outfit, you know, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm put my chain on. on chain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought James Earl Jones sounded a bit bait, though. Like his... Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. He didn't sound quite right, did he? Uh, like I thought, I thought like for a split second they just got some old stock dialogue or something and just yeah. thought, oh, we'll, we'll use that, you know. And, and 
obviously it was also the way that Darth Vader walked as well. I think yeah, there, there was a bit of uh, continuity error between the prequel trilogy and yeah. that way. But yeah, it's a different actor playing it now. And yeah, obviously... you, haven't, you haven't got the big uh, Green Cross code man Dave Browse playing him, have they? So yeah, isn't he dead? No, no, he's 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 alive. He was at um, the Comic Con last summer. He? He's, he's, oh, really? He normally does the rounds. I, I, yeah. Oh, hang on. Oh, let's, I'm going to have to check this now. You've planted that seed of doubt in my mind. <laughs> oh, really, dude? I, uh, Do you want to check? Uh, hang on, you've hang in, you've insectioned me, you bastard. Uh, I, I, still alive. Okay. He's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, he's, he's, he's cracking on. Can we just say mm. that Vader wasn't tall enough to come up to your man at all? Uh, like, they were half a head between them. Vader should have been forcing him onto his knees or something. To like have that yeah. really empowering stature over him, I just didn't think he had the kind of imposing height no. to him at all. Your man's quite tall. No, because he, yeah, yeah, he sort of did a bit of a Tom Cruise and stood about five feet away to appear taller, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. no, I just thought he was like. Well, mind you, the, the hang on, say, hang on a second for 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 everything that that we're saying here. I've got on Wikipedia this: the dude who played Vader, six foot six. Yeah, six foot and six. What, what's Dave Prowse? Wikipedia. Maybe um, he must have been. He must have been about maybe. Well, he, he, I suppose he could only be six seven. I mean, I'm. Uh, if if we're gonna do a bit of name dropping, I, I've been to one of these comic conventions. I've my photo with him and stuff like that. Mm. I'm. <laughs> hey, hang on, hang dropper. on, hang on, hang on. He's three, so I mean, he's not. I, I don't know. He, he didn't feel that imposing. Hang so. on, so. According to Wikipedia, yes. um, he uh, Prowse was six foot six, but he's had quite a bit of surgery following ill right. health, and he's right. now a little bit less than six six. Right. So, right. It, so I think maybe it's just a perspective, yeah. Just because these these two guys ostensibly play the same character are the same height. Yeah. yeah. No. Who was the? What was the name of the guy? I can't think with the white cloak, and he was like. You know, causing up to Vader. I can never remember his name. The guy who got the Death Star oh, taken it? off him. Ben Mendelsohn's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, he wasn't oh, quite tall. Was it Krennic? Yeah. Krennic. 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 He shouldn't yeah. have been near as tall as Vader. Like I just thought for that scene, they were nearly peers Ooh. in height, and I was like, oh. yeah. You know, Vader's supposed to be coming out and posing and being a badass, but he was like barely taller than him. That's just my yeah. two cents on that scene, but it was a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, we we haven't really spoken about uh, Matt Nicholson. I mean, where do you land on? He's a great actor, I think. Well, he um, looks he looks like a villain, right? So you weren't really yeah. too sure where he's where traditionally it was going. played villains, hasn't he? You know, he'd come off the yeah. back of Doctor Strange, and he's Hannibal. You know, he played as well. Hannibal, in, uh, Hannibal, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and he's Hannibal. Le in uh, Casino Royale. And all the characters in the Rebel Alliance are like, how can we trust him? He's a fucking science engineer. Like this could all be a trap. <laughs> he's a He's a science engineer. We He's don't a need buffin. his kind. He's an egghead. <laughs> All that bollocks. But um, I mean, you, you I mean, weren't sure. Could it have been a trap? Well, you knew it wasn't a trap because, again, that yeah. like you know they get the plans, or whatever. I think that's yeah. that nearly ruined. Who was it? Movie. Who crowbarred? Who crowbarred? It's a trap into this movie. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it happened though. Somebody they did somebody it convincingly. Got, yeah. They did it convincingly. Yeah. That like oh, because in the first one it was the 70s, so it's a spectacle just to blow up the Death Star. But in this one, yeah. they had to like go back 
and retcon and be like, oh yeah, uh, there was actually a flaw built into it. Because they're yeah. trying to make it more, we'll say, like sci-fi non-fiction these days. Is yeah. that even a phrase, if you get me? They're trying to make it more like real. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to explain some of the things. Obviously, there's there's a uh, YouTube video that's going around, but it's quite funny that with a... Uh, it, it, it might be by the guys who did How It Should Have Ended. Right. Oh, yeah. um, and basically, it's the um, uh, Death Star architect defending the design. And basically, he's like going, <laughs> space wizards shoot a missile that goes round corners. Yeah, it's uh, it's the magic bullet Which theory all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they must have watched Wanted beforehand. Curve yeah. the bullet. <laughs> oh god, that's a terrible movie. Oh, I hate that movie. Actually, so, uh, we 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 uh, uh, talk about the movies that the uh, actor who played Anakin did after Star Wars. For the love of God, don't go and see Jumper. Which oh is god, yeah, I've, I've, um, I, I went to the okay, see that. Jumper. I I I I, I had just started dating my wife at the time and um and then she, you jumped her usually, yeah she's quite into sci-fi as well she fell asleep in that movie oh no it's that bad yeah uh, it was yeah yeah i i stuck with it to the end but that is just a god awful movie don't go and see that yeah. um that's all right but yeah, I so one of the uh, problems that I've got with uh, Rogue One, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, is that I thought that there was it, it tried a little bit too hard to get us to like Jin, and I think it, it almost had the opposite effects on me. I, I don't know if you I just think they were establishing her as well. The, there's 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 a technique in modern screenwriting called Save the Cat, that if you want the audience to buy into your main character, they need to do something ostensibly good in the first couple of minutes of the movie. And it's ta- the, the, the technique name is taken from the very first Alien movie, uh, right. where Ripley saves the cat. And right. I think if you go to Amazon and put into like script writing, Save the Cat, you'll see that there's the Hollywood Bible on script writing called Save the Cat, etc. Right. And And I thought that- Save the Kid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I was just sort of like, really, really? Why couldn't we have just had? I mean, bearing in mind what the ending of the of Rogue One is, wouldn't it have been a, a great piece of foreshadowing to have had the kid splatted by the falling rubble, <laughs> Syria kind of style? That comes. And, that comes and, back to your comment about it being a Disney film. That's Martin, something. Right? Disney man, you gotta, you gotta remember. Just, just, seriously. To be honest with you, that that I bit mean, took me out of the film because I mean. When when has that ever happened in a Star Wars? Oh my God! There's a there's a kid crying, and we've got to we've got to save it. You know that's yeah, but it's lads, more it's all, a bit all the blasters, everything was like really more visceral. You could see like the charred open holes, oh, yeah, yeah. everything. Like yeah. it was yeah. a war movie. It was really oh, fucking crazy. Like I mean, I I I thought in in many places there was sort of <coughs> uh, uh, almost nods to the French Resistance, you know, and under the sort yeah. of the yeah. uh, uh, Nazi regime. Yeah. And you know, if you go back and read your history, the French Resistance were not good guys. You know, they were you know they they did really bad things and killed a lot of civilians, and yeah. you know. We, we we just happened to like them because they were fighting the Nazis. Um, I do wonder if 
they were fighting anyone else if they've been romanticized in more recent years in the way in the way they that they have been but yeah i i i wonder so, you know if if we had seen that kid get splatted by the falling rubble almost as a nod to what's going on in syria and all the middle yeah. east and what have you that that could have been the moment that jin joined the rebels because this is where it gets like, real you know, yeah Exactly, exactly. You know, you bastards. That kid was innocent. She had nothing to do with this, and you still took her out. And therefore, I'm going to join the movement that is opposing what you're doing. That could have been her her catalyst moment. And by that kid dying, that then foreshadows what's going to happen at the end of the movie to Jin. Well, who's to say that and, the original script wasn't something more gritty again? Oh no! Oh, I mean, these these things go through you know numerous rewrites. You know. It's unheard of to, you know, film a first draft of a script. Yeah. Especially a Hollywood script. You know, literally a writer turns in a script and a director or a company won't even look at it and they will just go rewrite it. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's known as a, as a day one rewrite. Um, yeah. And don't get it wrong. Yeah. The script, the script writers is, is, is still getting paid for their time and what have you. But, you know, it, yeah, these, these things need a long time to marinate, to gestate. You know, I, 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 I think that Rogue One, in terms of a script, did really, really well. Perhaps the area where I feel that mm, this needed to be rethought was the constant repetition of hope. And, you know, it's like, you know, the hope, that's what, you know, uh, rebels are built on, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, like... yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, the, and it, it was trying to add in a lighter tone to the movie. And it's interesting that now the quote that has come out of the movie that is now moving into uh, modern culture isn't hope. It's I am one with the force, the force is with, is with yeah. me. Um, yeah, that's 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 what me and, 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 and my peer group talk about you know when we're referencing that movie we don't reference hope because no. you know have you looked at what's going on in the world um <laughs> yeah yeah you know um but yeah I, I i i thought that the script on the whole had done very well yeah, excellent point i agree good point i think the uh the, the cameo i perhaps would have liked to have seen is the uh you know the, the you know the battle towards the end it's like a, a dog fight in the skies and you know the rebel planes are, are the rebel sort of X-planes, uh, X-wings even are being shot down and it's, you know, you, you need a bit of hope. Um, you know, in swoops, Parkins. Really? Be <laughs> because Parkins is kind of like, a, he, he's almost like a cult character on himself. And, you know, you had Red Leader, you've got you know, uh, the, the other like little bits and pieces that have been crowbarred in from the thing. And it would make sense because he was part of the Rebel Alliance and it would have sucked. And it just would have been a nice little moment because I think Parkins got a bit of a raw deal well, you, hope yeah. he, he met his maker far too soon. Do you know? Do you know what actually cameo I loved the most <laughs> was the guys from the most Esley, most yeah, Esley yeah, Cantina. Cantina, yeah. Oh. See that? That's the bit I didn't think that was, that that was necessary. No, it was I so good. It was so good because yeah. it was like in the cantina. It was like bar talk, being like, "Oh, those guys are wanted in you know twelve systems," but they actually were on a different yeah. system, being like little fucking gurriers as you want to yeah want to say yeah. and i was like oh yeah nice than that like if you didn't know when you used your first star wars movie you're like oh yeah they just bumped into someone but there was lots of little things in there just yeah. to, like scoop up those nuggets and you're yeah like, Ooh, tasty so good 
No, it was, it was very fun. Well, lads, we're coming up past an hour there. Do you have any closing comments? We could talk the whole day. Do you have any closing this comments? This movie is 9 out of 10, and you should go and see it immediately. Um, I would say that it's a, it's a well-worthy addition to the uh, Star Wars canon. Uh, I have my issues with it. Um, I, I think this discussion has been very helpful. Um, I liked it the second time I watched it because I think it's a readjustment of expectations. Yeah, absolutely watch it, but just, you know... Don't watch trailers. No, don't watch trailers. Yeah, don't watch trailers. Yeah. Me, myself, closing comment. Uh, it was my favorite movie of 2016. Granted, I didn't watch that many movies that came out last year. And uh, yeah, I'd recommend go see it. Anyone who hasn't seen it and still wants to watch it after hearing all these spoilers, go ahead out to the cinema. And yeah, that's it. So, Martin, Dave, thanks for coming on on this lovely Saturday Thank morning. You. Thank yeah. you for having us. Pleasure, pleasure having you on. Martin, having you on again. Dave, talking again after our little hiatus. Friend of the yes. show. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so, best of luck with No Secret <laughs> for You. Uh, yeah, first episode launches uh, the 24th of January. Excellent. And Dave, where can we find you online? Uh, well, you can find us at, uh, we're on Twitter at um, No Sequel for You. Uh, the, the current handle is in the process of being updated. I think Twitter are taking their sweet time and changing it. But we've got a presence on Facebook, and if you want to drop us a line, we are no sequel for you at gmail.com. Excellent stuff. Martin, your little plug. Where can we find you? So the day job is that I write horror stories, so go and buy all the books in the Spirals of Danu series. You can find me on Twitter, the Spirals of Danu, on Facebook, Spirals of Danu, and I regularly guest on weird podcasts uh, like this, and it's a lot of fun. So check them all out. Martin, you have an open invitation to come on to ours, and Richard, I return. I would absolutely love to. Dave, Quickly, what is No Sequel for You? What's, what's the theme on it? Uh, well, uh, No Sequel for You is the, the podcast that rose from the ashes of uh, Educating Brad, which fantastic was... Fantastic podcast, uh, anyone listening. Thank go, you. Go look Very into kind. the archives. Thank you. Um, we, Especially episode um, 11, Podzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we look at um, interesting films. You know, we say interesting because some of them uh, are quite well known. Some of them are not so well known. Uh, my co-host Andy is uh, the the sort of resident gore hound. He's more into his horror. Uh, I'm I love horror, but I'm, I, I would say I'm more broader with my taste. You know, there's a bit of action. There's a, a lot of eighties nonsense in there. And um, yeah, pre- previously eighties nonsense. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, but previously, uh, the the hook was that uh, Brad, uh, our good friend, hadn't seen them, but Brad uh, has got you know, commitments coming out of every orifice. So he's not being able to sort of give the show, you know, that much time. So we've kind of, we've moved on and we're still talking about, you know, our sort of obscure-ish movies and yeah, just having a good time doing it. Yeah. Well, so, uh, we'll and, and thank you for the healthy plug. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll post all that in the show notes, Martin and Dave's little handles. So until next time, hope you enjoy the show and yeah. Best of luck. Enjoy the rest of your day. Come back any time.